Thank you, Vaidehib, for being here today. I really appreciate how busy you've been here. You've come here for the, the Global Pluralism Center, and uh, I know you've had a very packed week, so thank you for making the time. And you know, I was very keen to hear from you, Aidei Gokal, who you are the CEO of Solia, an international nonprofit organization that strives to equip youth with the ability to engage with and across difference. Uh, and this week you represented Solia at the Global Pluralism Award Ceremony in Ottawa. And the Global Pluralism Award recognizes pluralism in action and celebrates the extraordinary achievements of organizations, individuals, and governments who are tackling the challenge of living peacefully and productively with diversity. Ever since I met you a few days ago, I'm really intrigued about your use of technology. Can you please tell the listeners and share with us about your custom-built video conferencing platform and how it is used. Absolutely. First, thank you so much for inviting me to do this. Um, it's a real honor and a pleasure to meet you um, and your support uh, of all that's happened over this week has been has been very, very um, gracious. Um, so, um, Tulia started uh, 16 years ago at a time when there was no social media, there was no Skype, there was no video conferencing per se, um, but the founders had a vision for um, the idea that if you can bring young people together and they can truly meet and engage and spend time with each other in a meaningful way that perhaps we can change how young people deal with differences. And uh, one of them was particularly linked in with the world of new media and he thought, surely there's a way we can use technology to do this. And so they designed this application which we call the Exchange Portal. And it is essentially a video conferencing application and what but it, the, what's unique about it is that it's designed for small group dialogue. So it approximates a table. So when you look at it on the screen, uh, you see one another as if you're sitting around a table. And the table, per se, is a, is a chat box. And so you can see each other, you can hear each other. It's built specifically to deal with varying and varied bandwidths which means it can work really well with different infrastructures. Um, and it's also built to optimize for voice because what in the old, um, in the first iteration of the technology, what would happen is if people's uh, connections became a little wonky, you would, you would lose their picture, but you would also lose their voice. Um, and so what we wanted to avoid was that because that creates an imbalance in the process that we're trying to create. Um, so, so yeah, it's a, it's a very um, deliberately designed and built technology specifically for dialogue. And um, that's what we need in this world today, is yeah, more and I more dialogue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, more dialogue than putting up walls. Exactly. And um, I um, uh, understand that this is not just for the United States. You'd, this is all world around. Correct. And so... Do you have specific topics you have for dialogue that people can sign in? How does it work? So if some, some young person's hearing what you know, you're saying, first mm -hmm. of all, please 
please tell us where we can reach you, how we can get connected, sure. and uh, if you can give us information so if people are interested, they can reach out and and get involved in this. Absolutely. So currently our geographic footprint is uh, the North Americas, so Canada and the United States, um, Europe, the Middle East and North Africa, and South and Southeast Asia. So those are, you know, largely the regions that we're currently in. Um, the way young people end up participating, so we program specifically with uh, young people eight above the age of 18, so 18 plus, um, which means that these young people are attached to some kind of institution. So it could be a college, a university, a technical school, a language school, and it's usually through the institution that, that they create a partnership with Solia. And so let's say, for example, uh, the University of Ottawa creates a partnership with Solia, and then students going through specific courses on campus as part of their course will be told that uh, you know a percentage of the grade for the course will come from their participation in uh, Solia's Connect program and so they register onto our platform and then we essentially help them with uh, you know going to their the, uh, we schedule all the dialogue groups um, because the dialogue groups are small they're only 8 to 12 people in each group so it's a massive task to schedule all the young people into the groups and then um, the same group meets over a period of weeks with a facilitator um, so young people who want to get involved um, are uh, ideally would be contacting someone on their campus and then reaching out to us and uh, if the campus is not you know, connected to you, mm -hmm. um, the campus or the university or the college mm -hmm. can reach out to you and absolutely. And what are can you give your uh, contacts uh, on how they can contact you? Yes, absolutely. So we are at www.solia.net. That's s o l i y a dot net, um, and all information about participation is right on there. Thank you for sharing that. You know, um, so. Is, is this a discussion or dialogue based on themes or mm -hmm. specifics or subjects? How, you know, I may be in, in, you know, I just came back from a conference on violence against women, so mm -hmm. I may be interested in, I'm not in university, unfortunately, or college, <laughs> but if I was, I may be interested in those issues mm -hmm. and be part of that dialogue. And that dialogue may not just be in North America, it could be around, you know, in, this, in the areas you've mentioned. And so how do I, how do I get, once the normal, the original um, contact has been made, how do I become part of that dialogue? So part of the partnership that we create, we talk about um, the substance of the program that the young people would be interested in engaging in. So we have um, a few different modules of the program. So there's one where, you know, young people who are most interested in discussing foreign affairs, for example, or another one where they're more interested in sort of social community level issues. Um, we've got a program about digital citizenship. So it can, it can happen in that way. Although, to be honest, um, we find that even when we stream the dialogue like this, there are certain topics that are universal. And so almost everyone at some point will discuss something within the political realm. Um, gender issues is a big one. Religion is a big one. Um, and then, you know, current issues that are happening and or 
um, issues that are very, very specific to their communities. And through the process, they discover that they actually have communities have those issues in common. Um, so there is a way in which you can um, ask to to be uh, put into a certain substantive stream, uh, but there's also a way in which the group owns the process. So if a group wants to particularly deep dive into LGBTQ issues or uh, climate change or you know any any burgeoning issue, then there's room and license for that to happen. And um, um, at any given time, mm -hmm. how many dialogues? Mm -hmm. There must be different numbers at different times, I'm sure, but... Absolutely. So um, up until three years ago, um, we, were, we, we run the program twice a year, the programming cycle. Um, and up until three years ago, we were reaching somewhere between seven and 800 young people globally. Um, this year, I think we get close to 5,000. Wow, that's a huge jump. Yeah, we, we've made a big leap over the last mm. three years. That is a big leap. And dialogue is where we are going to all have to go, mm -hmm. rather than, you know, sit behind our walls. Mm -hmm. And you're bringing young people together, which is, I believe, the right place to start. Can you um, explain to us, can you describe to us one of the dialogues, how that went, what was the subject, what sure. was the discussion, if you are able to. Of course, of course. And so, um, it, as you can imagine, the, you know, the, the, the scope and breadth of the dialogue can be so wide-reaching. Um, you know, we've had groups who've decided that uh, they wanted to create music together, through their online engagement. We've had groups that have created cookbooks together. Um, and then we have groups where, you know, you have, for example, um, you know, there was a, the, the weekend of the Paris bombing, there was also a bombing in Beirut. And the following day, as the groups came together, um, it became really apparent how much the media skewed their coverage to Paris versus Beirut. Mm -hmm. and because there were students from both Lebanon and Paris and a lot of these groups, they were able to engage in a conversation about what that's about and how that feels and the power dynamics of that. Or, for example, just before this um, programming round started, we realized that it was going to be possible that we would have students from inside of Syria, inside of Turkey, inside of northern Iraq and the United States all meeting in these rooms um, and those are moments where you know it gets contentious people people find it hard to engage um, and that's when the facilitation becomes the real key um, so we train facilitators to go into these rooms um, to sort of be it's not a teaching model it's a guiding model um, it's really about keeping it safe and secure but also encouraging them to really have these conversations um, and so we find that that facilitates profound change, you know, as they're able to take perspective, have empathy for one another's perspective, find voice, um, and, and battle through what it is they want to get to the other side of. Um, so there's so many examples of, of watching students, what we call having aha moments, you know. Uh, there was one moment where a young um, African-American Muslim girl f who grew up in the Bronx uh, but was attending college up in upstate New York um, 
in her group she had this was a couple of years ago now she had uh, students from Tunisia from from France uh, from elsewhere in the United States from Pakistan and and it was a moment when France was considering the legislation on the hijab uh, now she doesn't cover but uh, one of her group mates a, a woman from Tunisia does and and there they were in conversation but this student had very strong opinions about this legislation and she said and I went into the group and I felt sure that the one ally I would have in the group is the woman who was wearing the headscarf from Tunisia and as the conversation began she was the one person who said she supported France's oh, wow. attempts at legislation and she said I was so shocked you know to to understand that it first of all that Identity is not a monolith. You don't just have one piece of your identity. We are all multidimensional. Um, and then to be able to sit and listen while she was quite triggered by this to the why of, of, the, of the student from Tunisia. And, and they talked about it and they grappled with it, you know, and they came to the other side with a greater understanding of why she felt the legislation was okay, why this student didn't, and how the French student was able to give voice to what was going on in, in Paris. So, You know, earlier on you spoke about Beirut and Paris, mm -hmm. and uh, sitting here I also was very concerned mm -hmm. that the focus was on one country and not the other. Mm -hmm. And I'm, uh, when you were saying this, I thought, wow, what an opportunity exactly. for both sides to hear exactly. uh, their points of view. and. And that's when, that's when you make the difference. That once people become part of the group, mm -hmm. are they also able to suggest topics that they would like to have a dialogue on? Absolutely, absolutely. There's so much that we, we invest so much in the idea that the group can own that process, um, which is why they're really, we are always amazed at the things that people want to, to dive into and the depth of the learning. Um, and I would encourage, you know, anyone listening, um, I know that it sounds hard if you're, if you're someone who's a young person in terms of how do I get involved, um, but there are means and ways, get in touch. And um, the other piece is the facilitation training, which is available for anybody. Um, and it, it's available globally. We do it in the same way using the technology. So it's small global cohorts. Facilitators are trained more or less in the process that they're then going to you know, uh, enable for the young people. Um, and, and we found that people find it to be both a transformative training, but also um, very usable in their lives. So I would encourage people to, to look it all up. And I, know I just want to have some fun now. And so okay. I'm going to start off with a fun question. Okay. If you had an audience just with one person in this world, who would you want to meet with? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, so right now, at this moment in my life, I would say the one person I would want to meet is Jacinda Ardern. She's the Prime Minister of New Zealand. So why, why would you like to meet with her? So, you know, um, it's, it's about the, this bee I have in my bonnet that the concept of empathy is something that people cast aside as, oh, it's left, liberal, tree-huggy, you know, just we just have to be nice to each other. And I actually think that she is an example of how empathy to me is what I call hard empathy. It's actually a skill and a commitment and a determination. And so I think with empathy, you know, you start by exploring your own why, acknowledging your own biases and stereotypes and triggers, and then you offer that as a listening to someone else's why. 
So I commit to the idea that I'm going to listen to your why, I'm going to acknowledge it, um, and then I'm going to approach decisions, information, choices through a lens of empathy, which is inherently difficult, actually. It's not um, as instinctive as we'd like it to be. And and I think what she did in the wake of that moment in her country's um, life really, really examples that perfect. She took policy action at the country level where she banned assault weapons, you know, and I just think that those are not easy decisions and they're not easy processes to actually make happen. Um, but she embodies for me how this empathy thing can be really difficult but doable. And I, and I feel that if I could meet her, I would say to her, we're trying to recreate you all around the world. <laughs> I'd just like us to end with uh, what you told me earlier about a professor, how she evaluated the program, and can you share this with the listeners, please? Sure, absolutely. Um, so a professor who had um, been in contact with us for a long time and had finally been able to uh, make the program happen on campus, and uh, at the end of that, uh, we'd reached out, as we always do, for feedback, and she um, sent a message saying, um, First of all, that she'd had a wonderful experience with the team and with the implementation, um, but that also that she had seen, she said, I think every young person should have this experience around the world, um, because and not just because it builds skills and so on and so forth. She said, because I think Solia Connect program is reliably transformational. Wow. Isn't that great? That is beautiful. <laughs> and that's what we want. Yes. That's, and that's what we, why we are asking for dialogue. Exactly. Well, that's a great place to end this, and I'm, ho I'm hoping that we will have more conversations. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you.